In the beginning we say, don't flush the toilet. Where you come from? And welcome to another episode of the Crappy Awesome Podcast. It's your host, Kill C. Ray. If you're tuning into this via um, basically anywhere podcasts can be found, make sure you guys go over to platformcollection.com. Check out all the other shows we got over there. Murders and Cookbook cook up an amazing show called Felipe's Garage. Um, it's hysterical. And it's uh, nerd-centric. I think you could say that. Nerd-centric. They go really deep. On all things that they're interested in, in the nerdiest way possible. Uh, shout out to Merz and Cookbook. Also check out Life on the Road with 60 East. He's killing it right now. Got a dope episode with Greaves. You can check that out right now over at PlatformCollection.com. 60 East, man. Big shout out to him. Coming off an amazing Thought Fest. The Happiness of Pursuit Festival is the premier independent festival in Southern California for... Uh, underground hip-hop artist um it's amazing it was amazing it was a it was a really cool event and um if you guys didn't get there this year make sure you get there next year i assume it's only going to get bigger so that's going to be really tight but uh yeah man where have we been we have not been here that is for sure um look man full disclosure over at PlatformCollection.com, we are building something really big, and there's a lot of stuff in the works. So um, I'm overseeing a lot of that, and thus things like this show have suffered a little bit. I wouldn't say suffered. I'm sure you guys were all right. But uh, I'm going to get back on a weekly, weekly schedule. I want to do it, man. Um, so I'm going to release this episode and then two more. I got a, a Noah James episode and Curtis King episode, which are amazing, and they're coming up. Um, I might drop the Noah James one with this one. But this week I got a really, really dope MC, and you'll see what I mean. His name is TR3. He's from Chicago. And uh, we, we've, we've posted some of his music on PlatformCollection.com before. But I haven't really gotten to know him um, until this conversation. He was actually an artist that was highly recommended to us for us to check out um, by uh, producer extraordinaire Ariano and friend of the show. Uh, this is one of the artists that he works with heavily. He's an amazing dude, uh, has a lot to say in his music and um, just in general. A real conscious person really trying to make a change in his community as well as in the hip-hop scene. And he's, you know, he's a fresh new artist that I think you guys really should check out. Uh, a lot of times we we have a lot of veterans on the show. And it's cool to uh, introduce you guys to new artists every once in a while. And that's what we're doing today. TR3 is, um, he's worth the hype. Definitely check out his music and uh, check out this interview I did with him. Shout out to Chicago. And uh, shout out to TR3, shout out to Ariano for making this happen. And uh, I'll check in with you after the show. Yeah, so this is TR3. Check it out. Look, I don't want you in my wake if you ain't eight with me. 7 a.m. two years ago when niggas still waking up to me. Snooze button, lucid dreaming that I don't blow. Well, I'm here now like 9-11. And I presume to take my place in prediction. You should be scared of my God reference. I smite the bite of an anaconda that cords your mind in bondage. Replenishing willpower, devouring snakes. Supremacists on my plate. And I ain't trying to eat out. I'm eating peace now. Andre with the big B's. Red headphones, I'm seeing C's now. Can't catch the wave if it was crippled. I'm dripping, you see the ripple effect. Dropping gems like a bad habit. An architect subjected to the intellect of self-respect. Find me in the middle of an intersect. Shouldn't with an artifact. Shouldn't create us all around me. Grounded like ten toes. Sprouting like a primrose. Golden with the smoke. And you would think I had some locks. I'm the building block of hip-hop. I would never cut my roots off. But my roof off. Like 09. Bumping no ceilings. Tell a white bitch to throw it in the bag. I'm a masterpiece. 
beast with no limits Never had a frame Don't believe in borders Trying to box me in I'm dropping mortars like it's D-Day Shouldn't matter cause we live in hell And hell lives in a state of decay That way Tired of niggas trending off of dismay Tired of niggas acting like it's child's play Turn me into a savage Bitch it's a knife I eat these chuckies like a buffet Gourmet Divorce day Listen You ready to this man? Alright I'm here with TR3 Dude welcome to the Crappy Awesome Podcast What's up, guys? Dude, thank you for doing this, man. Um, it's fu- it's funny how this came together. We've actually been trying to get this interview going for, I think, over a month. Um, yeah, it's been about a, it's been about a clean month. Yeah, and and probably before you even knew, we, me and Ariana, were going back and forth trying to get it hooked up for like a month before that. So I was starting to think, like, man, maybe because we always joke. Um, I've never, I, I've, I still haven't met him. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like he, he he uh he hit me up on Instagram one time and then we just kind of started from there and we started sending music back and forth and I've yet to meet yeah. him so I was even uh I was telling um uh Josh Dominguez uh he was just on the show and I was like, yeah, "Are you sure have you met Ariano? Cuz <laughs> I'm starting to wonder like he might just be like a computer or something." You know what I mean? I like, feel, you know, like I did a whole project with Ariano before I met him. It was crazy. Yeah, right? Like you you have to kind of like I, I so you have met him. You can confirm for us. I can confirm that he is not a ghost. He's an actual human being. I've actually met him in person. <laughs> He's cool. Okay. But he definitely moves like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, man. So I'll, uh, this is your first time on the show. I want to get um, some of your background so that people can kind of know where you can, you come from and um, awesome. how you got started. For, first, like, are you – are you you come from a big family? Is it – are you – you got brothers and sisters? I do got brothers and sisters, but I actually only have sisters. Um, I'm the oldest, and I have three younger sisters. Okay, and then uh, both parents still alive or both parents around? Yeah, both parents still alive. Uh, dad, it was separated um, parentship from the start. So okay. dad in Chicago and um, my mom is in uh, Georgia. Okay, so how, like how often do, uh, are you are you near family now? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm in Georgia right now. Okay. And so uh, I go back and forth between Chicago. I've been doing that all my life. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that like a – like what's that trip like? I've never uh, been. I mean – it's cool. Like it's, it's definitely cool, but it's literally cool. Like, don't go up there in the winter. Like, <laughs> it's not. It's gonna disrespect you. Anything that you come from down south with, you need to like just go ahead and throw it away. And buy a new wardrobe. <laughs> yo, yo, let me ask you this, man. Um, it's funny that you, you mentioned Chicago. I was literally just watching something on. Uh, I believe it was like Complex News or something, and they were talking about Chicago. And mm-hmm. it is Chicago because. If you're not from Chicago, national news tells you Chicago is like is bad. Right. Like what what is the reality of it for people who haven't been there? No doubt. Um South Side. The South Side is literally exactly how they perpetuate it except that it's actually worse in reality. Um mm. a lot of things are shelved up like pushed up under the carpet, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. what do we do get? Uh, put into the media is really just things to continue to perpetuate the hate and perpetuate the different negativity that's going on. But it's actually a lot more negativity going on behind behind closed doors that the government is pushing. How how uh, so? Like what what like what are some of the examples you could say? All right. So as far as like like being able to gentrification, be like moving people out of certain areas. Mm-hmm. What they do is like. In Chicago, in the city, they'll raise the prices. So and they'll raise the prices, then lower all the prices in the South Side. So everybody migrates to the South Side. If you're uh, poor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody goes to the South Side, and it kind of allows you, kind of puts you in this spot where you can't leave the South Side because everything around the South Side is incredibly high price. Hmm. So, it, it, and this is, I think I just remember reading. Wasn't didn't Chicago just have that um, that scandal where the cops put out like a truck of shoes or something like that? Yes, they uh the cops have put out um they put out random free boxes of shoes and random free ca- like open cars and expected people to not steal it. <laughs> Dude, and then, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And, and arrested everyone that did. It, it was wild. L- let me ask you this, man. Like, is the um, I mean, l- you know, I don't think it's any secret. Chicago PD isn't in the brightest light when it comes to 
law enforcement. I mean, there's a history of corruption. Is it, is it, I mean, is it like a scary, do you feel like people are scared? Hmm. I mean, to be one, the way, the only way I can really give it to you is to give you an example. Like in Chicago, like when somebody, if if somebody says they about to call the cops on you on the South side, you Mm -hmm. might as well just let them because body going to be, gone by the time the cops pull up because they're not going to show up to like the next day. Wow. Because they don't want to get shot. They don't yeah. want to die. So, yeah, it is kind of a fear-based tactic around that place. And it's not even it's not even the government. It's really it's really cartels that control everything. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's insane. All right, all right. We're, we're getting sidetracked. Okay, so um, Only Sisters, where do you fall in the, uh, as far as age-wise? Oh, I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Oh, man, you're the oldest. I'm the of, oldest. And how many sisters again? I got three younger sisters. Wow. So were you, like, legit big brother the whole time? The whole time. I, ra- I raised two out of the four, and one of them is in Chicago. Hmm. I mean, two out of the three, and then one of them is in Chicago. Wow. Okay, so growing up was the um, – I mean, dude, you make – you make really deep music, you know, like it's very layered. Um, you can tell, I, I like to, I always like to use, uh, the example, um, a friend gave me like, you're, you're a person who definitely sees like the forest and not just the trees. You know what I mean? Um, yep. you, cause you can tell in your writing, like you're, it's, it's bigger than hip hop. You know what I mean? To be cliche, um, for you. It's at least it seems like it, you know, Um, 100% is. Yeah. So was there, where was the creative bug? Like where, how did that spark? Were were people creative within the household already? No, uh, actually it was the exact opposite. My family is um, very against creatives. Um, Mm. They're they're really structured and um, they really want you to do things like, you know, college and military. And so that's actually what I did first go around. I went military to try to make my family happy and whatnot. And I always wanted to do music. So I took the money that I made in the military and I uh, started my label with it. Wow. Wow. But as far as like the beginning and like what pushed me to like go bigger and beyond music instead of just doing, making music just like everybody else is really just uh, when everybody left me, I had friends around me. Uh I had a group that I had started making music with and they all went to college and went to school and military, different things like that. And so I was left alone and I really had to, you know, dive deep and figure out what made me happy. And it was, it was music or was it creating in general? It was really just spreading truth to be 100% honest. I'm going to venture outside of music very soon. Yeah. I like to do things like public speaking and uh, seminars and different things like that. So that we can continue to uh, evolve this generation okay so okay uh so you're growing up when when is your what are your early memories of music oh early memories of music is definitely like maybe like three four years old in the back of my dad's regal where he had like two 15s i had my shirt off and i would just always be back there riding <laughs> that really kind of started it like my loud music um what was he listening to Tupac, always, <laughs> always. Okay, okay, I, I can see. All right, I'm putting the I'm putting the pieces together a little bit here. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you're definitely. I mean, you definitely have like that that revolutionary pin. Um, it's it's cool to see. I, I love like non traditional hip hop stories, and, and I feel like you have that. You know what I mean? Like it's very. You, like you talk about growing up in like a rigid family and then like you're this creative and, and I mean even musically it's it's obvious like you're not you don't really have any fear about getting out of the box you know what I mean um yeah especially with the you know like the music you you take risks and it's 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 really interesting and it's I wonder is there was there like an early influence as a like a person or maybe like a oh, yeah most definitely my mom your mom my mom my mom influenced it's like my pivot point in my life me and her didn't have like the greatest relationship at the beginning and so because i felt like i couldn't trust her i felt like i couldn't trust the world and that's what really started my ambition on just 
just saying, you know, get anything and just going after whatever I feel like it because I felt like I had nothing in the first place. deep dog because look i was just recently talking to somebody about um i have a friend who was um he his his parents adopted him and um we had this conversation one time about how there's this different type of struggle like there there's two different types of struggles right like if you if you don't know your parents and they're not in your life and then Mm -hmm. there's one that's just as strong when they are in your life Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because because the influence, um, there's you know it. You know the reality is for for half of our lives, our parents are untouchable. For another half of the lives, you realize they're just these people that right. are, that are kind of like just as lost as you are sometimes, and like <laughs> kind of just taking a risk at it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, and and you you grow up thinking, especially in a family where I, I assume, you know, there was rules, uh, you put a lot of trust in those rules Mm -hmm. and then you kind of grow up and you're like, Oh, yo, like some of the things that I don't like about myself came from this as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so talk, talk a little bit about that, like that relationship with your mom. Like what was, what were the things that you guys just couldn't agree on? The things that we couldn't agree on when I was younger was just life. Like I was, I I don't know how to really explain it, but I feel like I was just tapped into something different when I was a child. When I was in middle school, I used to have like really like deep dreams Mm. of like, you know, um, people poisoning our food and water and like, yeah, uh, just like different, like you know, saying premonitions of like just what's happening now in, in in the world and in the universe as far as like religion, power structure, and our food being, you know, entangled with by the government and different things like that. So I would yeah. just run to my mom and be like, you know, they're putting, they're poisoning our McDonald's. They're killing, you know, they're trying to kill huh. us through food and different things like that. And what that. age is and it? Like what age did that start? This was like sixth, seventh grade. So like 11, 12. Oh, okay. So she's like, my son's crazy. My son, right. my son might exactly. be losing you. Like, yo, you know, he's just, you know, he's young. He's been playing too many video games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was, I was addicted to video games as a, as a young kid. I was a big Halo, Call of Duty dude. So yeah. it was like, um, she was like, yo, he's crazy. So she ended up taking me to the doctor. 
And they tried to put me on Adderall or something like that. And I ain't never take it. And so that kind of started everything. And then she got into a relationship with this guy that I really didn't like. And that was the father of my uh, my last sister. Uh-huh. And he had got into a fight with me. And then right after he got into a fight with me, uh, my mom didn't take it serious. And then she ended up getting hit by him. Oh, wow. And that. And then she let him back in the house seven days later, and that's what broke our relationship. That's yeah. what like made me like really look deep inside myself and you know try to figure out what makes me happy and how how should I live and how what love really is. Because if you love somebody, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I had to redefine a lot of different things. Damn, dude, and that that's, I mean, that's a heavy that's a heavy burden to carry for somebody, much less somebody in that age range. You know what I mean? Like your teenage years and your early years, like, is that what, what in you though? Like, cause dude, people go through that every day. Right. We, we both know right. that. And some people we never hear about because they don't make it through that. Like they don't, that it does change them, but not for the best. Exactly. And so what was it in you that didn't, I mean, that's gotta be crushing, right. At, at a certain point where you're like everything I believed in, Right. Could be faulty. Like this could be faulty. Right. Yeah. I mean, how did you deal with that? Like, like, where do you get the strength for that? 100%. The only place I was able to really find the strength was, uh, being able to open up to myself and not lie to myself. Like being able to just say 100%, Hey, I'm doing this and I'm doing it because it's for me and it's from me. It's my thoughts. (laughs) I thought about it. It's nobody in me to do it you know what i'm saying and that's what really kind of kept me strong personally because i i I understood at a young age that i had nobody and so because i had nobody i had to just really learn how to love myself there was nothing there's nobody on this planet that can teach you how to love yourself but yourself so i just really had to take time to myself and i kind of put myself in this solitude i stopped talking to people i didn't have friends for a long time couldn't really make friends for a long time and that's just what I had to go through to get to where I am. Mm. I, I want to hear how that, um, the process of that, because that, that's really interesting to me. But before I get into that, I want to, I want to catch people up on how you discovered, um, like that need and want. Besides you, because there's one thing in wanting your voice to be heard, and then there's that other, you know, like that 1% crazy in your head that we all have that goes like, yo, I want to be on a a stage and do this. I want to like, and that's a big, you know, that's a big leap for, for, Mm -hmm. for that, for you one to take that serious, like that's a real option. And then two, to actually do it because walking away from like the, your society expectations is probably the scariest thing you can do, you know? Um, but you did that. So what was it that like, like what drove like the, yo, yo, one, I can really do this. I can actually make this a job. And two, um, I need to do it in front of people. No doubt. Uh, well, I started, I started off as a producer. So, uh, Nobody was really listening to the beats because at the time people didn't really understand, at least in my generation, they didn't really understand what an instrumental was like. They wanted they always wanted you to rap over it. They always wanted to hear somebody's voice over the beat. So uh, I started putting my poetry over the beats at one point and it became like a, a self therapy thing. And one day I just let somebody hear it and they were just like, yo, this is actually pretty good. And so. With that being said, I started letting people hear my music and it influenced me to go the opposite way I actually wanted to go. And it actually didn't, I actually messed up my confidence. So I had to like start over once everybody, like I said, everybody went to school and left me by myself. So once everybody left me by myself, I just really had to start over and dive in and to, and started making music for me. Once I started making music for myself as, as a self-reflection, as like a diary, that's when I started uh, noticing that it's, it's, it's more to what I have to say and that what I have to say is actually, you know, more on a worldwide scale as far as it reaching the, the message, reaching them, you know, when I do convey what I have to say. So that's how I found the confidence as far as me going out and like performing, because people would like they would just read my art or I would put uh, random songs out on SoundCloud and it would get crazy you know amounts of feedback. Yeah. Or, you know, 
Like one person, he was like, yo, you saved my life with this song. You know, just different yeah. things like that. That's what gave me that confidence to keep going. And now, right now, freestyling. I've just been going crazy. I, I wake up every morning and I make sure I do this thing called Rap Script. It's this little website that you go on and it throws random words at you. And so I just <laughs> make sure I practice my craft every day. Like every That's morning dope. I wake up and I practice. I do a little freestyle or I write a song. If, 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 it's, if I don't make some type of music every day, I don't feel like I'm doing, you know, my due diligence to my art. So that's what got me confident as far as going out and uh, speaking in front of people. Right. The, like that you actually having a a real connection with people. Exactly. So do you feel like um, that's dope, man, because, you know, you're I'm picturing you as a kid riding in your dad's car. You're listening to Tupac um, and then hearing your music now. And understanding, like, how, like, all, like, basically, I just heard the other day, like, somebody said something so dope. Like, they were like, like, every song, right, is literally within the known group of measures that we know, right? Like, musical measures. So, technically, we're just creating the same song. Over and over. Yeah, right? And that's uh, that was always dope to me when I heard that because it you can hear your... It, it, to me, this that's what I fell in love with hip hop. You know, like that's I fell in love with the fact of being able to hear like growing up, like, you know, w- when I heard East Coast music, I was like, yo, this is it was a new world to me. You know, growing up on the West Coast, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what is this? Like, what the fuck is a bodega? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's like there's all this language and like and then importance but I think what it did for me the most was like, yo, like my immediate area at that time, I'm like, yo, th- this is really small. Like there's so much more. You know what I mean? Like there's so much fucking more. And that's what hip hop did for me. And it's cool to hear artists like yourself, like interpret like your own emotions through hip hop, because it, even though, again, we're ma- it's this one song that we all keep making to do what like you do musically because man i I really appreciate what you do musically because i feel like i feel the originality in it you feel me like and that's like i mean dude i know you you're you're a student of the game you're a fan of the game like it's um it's a weird time in hip-hop right now you know it really is a weird time boy we talk about this every day oh my god yeah like it's um there's this interesting thing that's happening where like our acceptable, like what's acceptable to us now seems like there's like, there's no limits anymore to what is no acceptable. limits, no rules, no morals, no value. Right. Right. And I remember, and I remember quite vividly a time of when like the phrase biting was a real thing. And like, exactly. and that meant like, anything that even remotely resembled another person exactly you were whack because the point of hip-hop was to hear your opinion like your your truth right and Uh now it's and i think that's like the music that's being made right now is a reflection of like the lack of truth man like it's so weird like like I, I agree. I hear the these kids. I mean, you know, like we we have them out here. You have them out there. There's there's right. there's kids making music um without like musicality. You know what I mean? Like yeah, without substance. Right. Like they're they're just it's they're pumping out this. It's almost this new thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've always said this. Like I understand. Um, like I don't. I'm not trying to hate on any of the kids, dude, because I was a kid and I remember being 18 and I remember not thinking straight. Like, let's be legit. Like, until you reach, like, scientifically, until you reach, like, 23 to 25, your brain's not even fully formed. So, technically, for a big part of your life, you are crazy. And and so, I don't necessarily blame them for that, but I, I definitely blame this system that you know, like luckily there's artists like you yourself that are, are trying to buck this system and trying to find a new way to spread your music. And I think there's a lot of artists doing that, but there is this system in place that can crank out large numbers of artists um, and throw money at it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because 
and it's nothing yeah. and it's nothing more than that. You know, like I know, you could take out any of those artists and just put in anyone else really off the street, and you can yep. do the same thing. It doesn't matter because it's not about people. Nope. Yes. It's about popularity. So when you when you approach your music, like what are the what are the things that going on in your head when you're like, are, well, let's start with this. Is have there ever been things where you're like, I can't, I don't know if I can talk about that. Oh, man, not at all. I, every, every topic I think I've covered at this point. And what I try to do all the time is I always try to keep the balance between the truth that I, that I want to spread and the vibe. Because what happens is the kids, the kids right now, everybody wants to be high vibes, good vibes, everybody, good vibration, positive vibes, spread and love. Okay, cool. If that's the vibe that we are, I'm trying to I'm trying to match the vibe, yet give you the medicine at the same time. Because right now everybody's just pumping out vibes, 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 but no medicine, no truth. So and right now, what like to be more specific, I'm working on a project called Free Gold, uh-huh. and it's uh it's pointed towards the children right now. And so it's going to be more poppy, so they can dance. You know what I'm saying? Have more uh bass elements, more down south trappy elements in it so that they can dance to it. But I went incredibly uh, focused as far as the message in the verses so that we can flip the energy of what's going on right now. Because basically, it's like it's, everybody's loving like the, you know, the little pump wave and the yeah. different wave that's going on right now. And it's all about a vibe. It's the bass line. It's the beat. It's the, right. the producers. The producers are they can drive a force, you know what I'm saying, with this baseline. And so um, I've just been studying the 808, and the 808 is basically a war drum. It, they, they based it off the war drum back in uh, Africa. And basically when you hear it, it incites you to move. It incites you to dance. And it also allows messages and subliminals to bypass your subconscious because mm. it's a baseline, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. you look up how bass works, that's, what, that's literally what it does. And so when you put a message over a baseline, it bypasses the subconscious. And it damn near like feeds you directly. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to make sure that I balance it out when I attack music now, as far as the vibe and the truth, because, you know, that's what we're lacking is people who actually put substance into it. But everybody wants that vibe. And right now, if if you're putting a lot of substance into your music without a vibe, you're not going to get hurt. I've been stuck, yeah. Stuck in my mind with you. I've been stuck, yeah. Stuck between a rock and a hard place, yeah. Stuck between a rock and a hard place. She beautifully tragic from the end to the beginning. There's no end unless the blunt is a roach. Another road for rotation. Don't like to dance around topics. I'm smoking tropic in the socket. Dodging charges, blowing OG like a cartridge. Can't control her if she honest. Got the goddess in her character. Scheming for the road to show you niggas you ain't man enough. I ended up swallowing my insecurities. Gagging up, chuck this purity. I'm not killing, I'm curing me. Selfish is what you call it. If you decline on your calling, when I connect with my conscience, I call it FaceTime. Trap phone ringing in pocket, I call it waste time. Rappers in the garbage, flexing like they in the booth Niggas turning sweet to make their music get consumed I came to kill, kill the elephant in the room MF Doom, how I spit with Larry Swart from heaven Left you ahead yeah Stuck in my mind with you I've been stuck, yeah Stuck between a rock and a heartbreak I've been stuck, yeah Stuck in my mind with you I've been stuck, like why do you feel people why some people can like like for lack of better description sell out or or not oh, speak their okay. truth like why is it easier lack of family i feel like they, it goes all the way back like we, we got to take it all the way back to square one they started breaking down what a family was a long time ago this is not white black this is not racist at all this is straight etymology of human beings for psychology it makes more money to disrupt a family if a family is separated uh, as a society uh, they make more money so they made it a thing to make sure that they disengaged all families and like it's in every race is in every country doesn't matter how you look at it and so i feel like that has a base root to why we're able to just continuously put out negativity and it'd be okay and we accept it because we, we're we're in pain 
a lot of us are in pain. A lot of us don't yeah. have family members that we can talk to. A lot of us lost a lot of people. A lot of us didn't get to communicate how we felt, you know what I'm saying, to different loved ones because we didn't know how to communicate. Yeah. And our loved ones didn't teach us how to communicate. And the ones before that didn't teach us how to love, you know, different things like that. So I feel like that, I feel like it goes way back. And that's why we're able to continue to uh, push out this uh, negativity and acceptance. Yeah, man, that's deep. Do you, do you, man, I keep losing track because I, uh, I definitely love having these types of conversations. I'm sure I'm like you. You probably have these kind of conversations all the time. Um, let, let's get back to your family. Because you said your mom was this big influence. But so far we've heard like the part, like it was almost as a, a, a your answer to a negative influence. What about like a positive influence? Like did you right, have? So, and that's where we get right back to mom. Okay. So mom um Mom, she uh, when I I had to go to I had to go to college, and when I went to college, uh, my mom got sick, and my mom got sick. She lost her leg, and I had to I had to come back home. I quit school and I uh, picked up two jobs, um, and I had to help my mom through her sickness. And at the time, I was I was still angry at her because we we didn't communicate. You know, what I'm saying our dis our disengagement before we like you know split, and I moved out and everything like that. So. When I had to come back and live with her and help her get better and help her, you know, move around and everything like that, it got to the point where she wouldn't let me help her, like, do anything. Mm. Like, and now is she, she's still in a wheelchair and she's, she drives, she drives a car. She drops the kids off to all their practices. She cooks dinner every night. Wow. She, you know, like, she goes up and down the stairs. Like, I, it, she does so many amazing things that I wouldn't even be able to, like, put in words. It's crazy. So, so, so how were you guys able to heal through that? Like, did you get, what, was there a conversation finally? Or was there, or was it just time kind of healed it? Like, how did it heal? Conversation. We yeah. had to talk it out. And it, it was very, uh, it was very heated at first. Because I didn't know how to really feel. And I was still angry at I was still angry at the fact that we didn't communicate it before the sickness, mm -hmm. but yet I felt like I couldn't be angry because she was sick. You know, like, how can yeah. I be angry if you just lost your leg? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I had to really swallow that pill and uh, grow wow. up and open my mouth and talk to her and, and figure out why she did what she did to me and why she treated me the way she treated me. And the, the real reason is because I was the first. I was the first child and I, she made all the mistakes with me. It's just that simple. Wow. She had to make all the mistakes with me so that she could learn how to do it perfect for the little girls. And she did it. And the little girls are just fine. So she learned. So I'm, wow. I'm okay with it. That's beautiful, though, the, the fact that because, I mean, I I have so many friends. Shit, I could even mention it in, in times in my own life where, like, you miss the opportunity to have that real of a conversation with you know, people like they say that whole thing all the time. Like, you know, we never give the roses while the, you know, they're just still here. Well, here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it, that man, that's beautiful, bro. Like, do you, did you, um, cause it, it dude, it, it's, it's on so many levels. It's, it's the, because she like, she paid a price, right? Like, and like right. literally, like quite literally physically right. lost a part of herself. And then in order for you to heal, you had to literally swallow this part that you you felt justified to have that anger because you kind of were, but you almost had to swallow it and temper yourself in order to to have like a bigger payoff in the end. Exactly. And like, I mean, it was two people like really sacrificing. Like, that's man, that's dope. Yep, and she's the most inspirational being on this planet to me. Like she that that experience and just watching her till this day, like I still go see her and she does everything by herself. So it's just like she's the most inspiring being ever. And it's just like if she can do that, I can do anything. I got two legs. <laughs> Word up. Shout out to Ma Dukes. Yo, um so first time on stage. Do you remember it? Oh yeah, most definitely. What was that like? First time on stage, I was 15, and I was at this club that I wasn't supposed to get into, but I was, but my beats were amazing, and I was I was producing for some underground cats in uh, Georgia. Yeah. And so they were older than me, and they got me in the club, and they let me perform my first song, and uh, it was called uh, Money I'm Making. It was a trap song, because at the time, I, I, I just understood the wave, and I was just really going after the money grab, yeah. and this was right before 
everybody, this is right before all, everybody in my group like kind of left me and went on their own personal journeys and I had to figure out my own personal journey. So yeah, that was my first time performing. Okay. And were you, uh, and you said your music obviously at that point was already good enough to be on stage. Did you yes, feel, definitely. did you feel like, what was the feeling of being on stage? Did you, did you like it? I didn't. Uh, I didn't like it my first time. I didn't like it my first five, six times because I wasn't performing the energy of music that was real to my, to, to my heart, to me. Like I, I felt like I was faking. I felt like I was creating the image instead of being the image. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I felt like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a, there's a tangent between when you, when you get on stage and you, you're presenting yourself to people and what you're saying is not actually you. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. It's like you're creating bad karma for yourself. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it's, it, that's kind of related to the question I was asking before about the, um, you know, it, it, it's not that little pump bothers me. It's that, that we've created a society where people feel like there's a necessity for a little pump. You know what exactly. I mean? And that's, that shit to me is, when I'm sitting here some some days and I'm on one and I'm like, yo, is this real? Like, can this be fucking like, how did we get to this fucking point? Yeah, I feel you. As soon as I, that's how I felt. As soon as I seen like the Kanye little pump, I was like, yo, just kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yo, so what was the like hip hop wise, right? Let's get into like your just your hip hop fan mind. What okay. were what were like some of the early influence other than Tupac because we know that was a deep rooted one like what were some of the early influences? Okay, early influences. Uh, it's crazy because they're mostly R and B. Um, Al Green, Erykah Badu, um, Maxwell, um, Alicia Keys, guy, and then and then a lot of rock too. Like so, like Bullet for My Valentine. Wow. Uh, let's see. The Fray, Breaking Benjamin. Uh, like, it's it's so it's so vast. <laughs> yo, yo, though. Okay, so I don't know if you know this. Like, so I, I've done. I think we're somewhere around. We're nearing three fifty on like the amount of episodes we've done on this podcast, right? And we've talked to tons of artists at at all levels, like literally all levels. Um, and it's. So far, man, one of the things I appreciate about doing this show, um, and it's such like a rewarding thing, is just talking to you now, right? Like I heard your music, and there's all my as a interviewer, I'm always like, okay, what makes up this this music? You know what I mean? Like what really makes up it? Because I I know as an artist what goes into making art, and I know how layered that can be. And right. so let so let's backtrack. You go. You're you're in the backseat of your dad's car listening to Tupac, right? You you listen to R and B, but and it's crazy because you're like, yeah, it's mostly R and B. But let's be honest, you're those are those are masters that you mentioned. Like the musicality on those people was so high. Those are like legit geniuses that you that you mentioned. Like those are geniuses. So then I look back at your music again, and I'm like, okay. Now I get the complexity in the music. This dude shoots high, and now I know why. Because your early influences were just like, I don't know if you knew at the time. Obviously, there's no way you could have known at the time, but those were, you know, we know now, right? Like, they're, those are some right. of the greatest people that will probably ever touch that mic. Understood. And then you have this rock like influence, and outside of like urban music, and you hear that in your music as well. So, like, it's really dope to, to like, that's the best part about doing this job, dog, honestly, is is being a fan, because I was a fan of your music first, and then hearing how it comes together. And this is why I think these interviews are important, is because now people have a record of you literally breaking down your life, and your life is a direct reflection of your music. There's no, like... You know what I mean? Like people aren't going to hear this and then listen to your music and go, what the fuck? What, you know, like, how did that happen? You know, like they're going to be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what that sounds like. Like your life, what you, the music you make, 
Like that is the soundtrack to that type of life. You know what I mean? That's man, that's really dope. Okay, so um and and dude, please forgive me for the cliche questions about your influences. I just I know that's always a cliche question. Um, but for me it's super important, like psychologically, how that ties together. Oh yeah, um, most definitely. Yeah, I understand. Okay, so let's move forward now. So now you start getting more serious. Like let let's get into that part. At what point are you like, yo, this is this is a legit career option for me? Um, 2015, I put out this song called Statistics. Um, the Gucci Man had came back out mm-hmm. at a fail or whatnot, and everybody was calling him a clone and different things like that. And so I, I did my own type of research, and I came around to my own version of the truth. Uh-huh. And I put it into this song called Statistics, and it was literally based off of the the, the whole Gucci clone situation and it blew up. It, it actually went viral. It was the only song I have that went viral twice. And um, that's when, uh, once it went viral the first time, that's, and like all the kids and like was dancing to it and reposting. I was just like, my phone was going crazy. That's when, that's when I knew it was just like, all right, cool. I'm hitting the right button. I'm doing something right. This is a career now. I need to go ahead and dial on in and stop playing and go ahead and, you know, start working my way out of jobs and all, all, all that different stuff. Yeah. Started working on solidifying the label, everything. Once I went viral the first time, that's when I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's dial in. Yeah. Yeah. This can actually be done. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on a tangent or not a tangent, but connected to this, uh, tell people about the Gucci clone thing. Cause I don't know if I, everybody knows about that. I definitely know what you're talking about. That's super interesting, by the way, that that was like the topic of it. Talk about that. Okay. No doubt. Um, as far as like, I don't, I don't know what society norms are at this yeah. point because I'm so deep into knowledge, researches <laughs> and stuff. But at this so, point, well, well, let me tell you this: I, just to rest assured, this is the right show for it. Like all the, all, this audience will completely be cool with it. Okay, cool, no <laughs> doubt. All right, so basically, there's cloning labs all over America, and I've, I've actually seen one in person. There's, there's one in Canada. There's one in uh, LA. Um, there's actually an open one in LA that's open to the people. You can buy, you can go ahead and like put your consciousness, you can freeze it, and they say that they're, they're going to wake you up in 20 or 25 years, or actually whatever year that you set it to right. for about $5,000. Right. But um, yeah, and so the Gucci clone thing came out, and once that information started surfacing, um, the very first, when he first got out of jail, he didn't have the ice cream. He didn't have any of the t- tattoos on his face. And that's what really, like, set it off. Uh-huh. And um, because he didn't have the tattoos, I kind of did more research. And the voice changed and the jaw structure. He literally, it's literally a whole nother guy. If you really do the research on uh, the anatomy of the human body, yeah. it's literally a whole nother person. And so um, just moving forward, you got this kid, boot kid, that literally just came out maybe like a month or so ago. He's like, he's actually uh, clout chasing off of the uh, off of the cloning right now. Um, he's coming out and he's telling people that he's a second generation clone and he's giving people his cloning ID and all these different things what? like that. Wait, wait, who is this? No, this, his name is Kid Boo. This is the kid that they're using to replace uh, XXX Tentacio. He has the oh. exact same profile, the exact same ad libs, all of that. Um, he and he calls himself Kid Boo, and. He, and yeah, and he's he's right now he's the clout chaser right now that they're using to out all of the clone information because you know they have to tell the truth in, in some shape or form. Yeah. Uh, so what happens is Kid Boo just came out so in, in a Vlad interview and told the world that um, he's a second generation clone. He gave the he gave us the cloning ID. He gave us the website to look it up on. He gave us the um, the address to the Canadian cloning center. And he also uh, called called in another rapper to confirm it. And the other rapper that he called in was Trippy Red, and Trippy Red confirmed that he was a he was a third generation, and that he had to die. That his his first two uh, uh, his first two clones had died because they were doing too many drugs. It's, you know, it's, just, it's just crazy how much information is really just being flattened out in our face. So I just took that I took that uh, that ambition to try to uh, try to one up on it, and yeah. I. I, I I threw it, a catchy hook on it so the kids would catch it. And so once the kids caught on to it and it started dancing, it went viral one time. And then it went viral the second time once um, 
they actually came around to talking about Gucci being a clone in the media. Like, they started talking about him, the whole Gucci clone thing on, like, Hip Hop DX right. and all the other blogs. Well, everywhere things. now, right? Like, every everywhere exactly. is talking That was all at the beginning of this year. And once that once that popped off at the beginning of this year, the song went viral again. Because a big, uh, this guy named Benny Harlem, if you know who that is, he's a guy that, um, he has the longest hair. He had, he's the he's the guy in the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest hair. Uh huh. And he had po- he reposted the statistics song and said, "Yo, this kid was talking about this clone stuff the whole time," and it went viral again wow. for the second. So yeah, that's that's just the tip I was on as far as the cloning. <laughs> wow, that's dude, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that part of the story. That's fucking dope. Like yo, um, all right, so. Man, and th- and this is a, it's funny because you said it earlier. You're like, I don't know what societal norms are. I mean, it, and it's it's funny you said it on the show, and I'm sure like the listeners probably got a kick out of it too. Because I think almost everybody on this show that we've had is could kind of fall into that that same thing of like they haven't been on more like they haven't been on the grid for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a long time, right? They've been pursuing, <laughs> and and it's it's funny because. I know what I know what you're getting at as well and and you wonder what like listeners will think of you know topics like that and 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 I wonder myself too like one of the questions I've asked myself recently is like like you know I in search searching for like answers and truths right like if you kind of dedicate your life to that in some shape or form um it's almost a sure thing that you're going to find answers you don't want to find every time. Right. Um, and it's this weird thing that humans do, right? Like it's, it's like a necessity for some of us to just keep going down that rabbit hole. And, and the reason I bring that up is because as of recent, like I've, you know, obviously I, I've, I've been putting a lot of weight and thought onto just like the mental capacity of hip hop right now and how much that's damaged and how much, people are dealing with like these issues right um and how it's such a reflection of the time right like hip-hop is is such a reflection of the time it's always has been right even when we don't like it it's still it's a mirror um and and right now we're dealing with like you know people dealing with depression and people dealing with anxieties and when you when you look out at like hip-hop today do you feel like that is a, a situation that's going to get worse before it gets better or are we are we reaching the end of it like where do you feel we're at right now i feel like we are at the same place we were at at the very beginning we're going to stay at the same place we're at until the until it ends and i feel like we all try to gauge it as is it getting better or is it getting worse and i mm. feel like i feel like um when it comes to exposure we can never really truly tell that there is always going to be balance. It's always going to be just as much bullshit as there is greatness, uh, because that's the only way to exemplify and to know what balance is. That's the only way for balance to exist. So I feel like it's going to be an everlasting cycle. Um, and right now we're about to go back into the uh, the cycle of consciousness. Yeah. Because uh, that's that's just how it ha- that's just how it works. Like we went, we came out of a uh, cycle when we was in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? And it got crazy, got a little, got, you know, everything got a little uh, political. Right. <laughs> you know, and now that's this the same thing is about to happen. Everything got a little ignorant. Everybody was dancing, partying, doing drugs. And now it's about to get political again. And now, you know, people are going to start standing up and protesting, and you know, doing the whole nine yards when it comes to the, the consciousness of music. I feel like it's just the cycle is just starting over. I think it starts over every 25 to 30 years, to be honest. I mean, there, there's, I, I think there's a lot of people who believe that. Um, I feel like, I feel like right now is like this weird time, right? Like in, um, we're, we're dealing with, like human beings are dealing with, at least, you know, like our, like our phase of humanity, right? Is start, is dealing with, um, for its first, for its first time in like, our written history, we're dealing with this amount of information that we've never had to deal with before, right? And it feels like 
we're like a clumsy baby now. You know what I mean? Like right. hip hop feels like that. You know what I mean? Like, it, like it's like, oh, that's that's right. Like when I tweet something, people actually like real people read that. Like right. <laughs> those are like actual people. It's not like a computer. And like we're still trying to deal with that's why it looks so sloppy. You right. know what I mean? Like everything looks very sloppy right now. And people who are are lovers of hip hop and students of hip hop and have followed like the various skill levels throughout the years, it's super easy to point out the sloppiness and because it's so evident. You know what I mean? Like it's so obviously not good sometimes. Um but then there's also this thing that happens, right, with just natural phases of humanity, like we start to evolve with the things that we create, right? We created all these, all this technology. We've created social media and we're learning how to live within that because that's the goal, I imagine, um, for, you know, most of people, most of every company right now is headed towards AI, right? Like exactly. that's the biggest thing. So we can only assume, yes, that's, that's the plan. But if, if we're learning how to deal and live within a, in a time right now where I think it, it's dude, this is, it's, it's crazy that you talk about this, man. And this, again, this is just having done these shows so much. Like, I don't know if you see, there's this direct connection with you, like the way you look at, um, society and how society has kind of like, there's these there's definite weaknesses in society right now, right? But a lot of them have been there forever. They're just they've just been exposed now, um, exactly. right? Especially with race, like you can all you have to do is be a minority in the United States to know that this it's not that weird that people are reacting right. this way, right? Exactly. Um, but you so so you look at society and you see these things that are definitely letdowns, um, and so your answer to that is to try to find a voice to cut through, right? And then early in your life, you had this big letdown, and your answer to that was to find a way to cut through. Like you did, you you continue to do these things, and it's it's always interesting when you see like dopes, like really cool cycles in people, because, you know, we, we see the really bad cycles all the time, you know? Like, right. it, it seems like those are the ones that get celebrated, like... Nobody's ever, nobody's ever on complex news talking about like, like how like enlightened they're trying to get, you know what I mean? Um, but it, it, so like when you look again, like you're, you're obviously a part of this hip hop community and hip hop family. Do you feel like, um, like, like the things going on, like, let, let, let's go over some of the stuff that's going on right now. Right. Like you have this thing with M, um, and did you agree? Did you think that M should have answered um, MGK? Uh, to be 100% honest, I feel like it was actually planned from the inside. I think g Easy, MGK, and Yellow Wolf are teaming up behind doors to do some type of big promotion yeah. to, so that he can pass off the torch because Eminem is, is leaving the game. He's about to retire or whatnot whenever he feels like it. I don't know when, but I feel like they, you know, the the industry knows that his time is coming to an end as far as generational wise. Like his his generation is literally getting older and they're starting to fall, like die off, literally. So it's like, okay, um, how do we pass the torch? We allow him to beef with somebody that's gonna, you know, that can hold up the same, that can withhold the same energy that he withholds. MGK with withholds the energy that he can, that he can stand up. So I feel like they beef and they're going to continue to perpetuate it to continue to build up MGK's um, repertoire so that he can become and or try to establish himself as the next Eminem and or, you know, saying and then also bring up uh, other colleagues as well, like um, like uh, Yellow Wolf and Jesus. Yo, yo, T, look, I'm going to tell you something that someone told me a long time ago. You, sir, might be too logical for hip hop. <laughs> you're you're super logical when this comes to this shit. And it's funny that that's the rarity nowadays, right? Like that's scary. That like when you're like, no, what it probably is, 
this very obvious thing that is a business, by the way. We're, we're watching businessmen. We're watching a business. It's entertaining. Right. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's so much, right? I mean, let, let's be honest. Everyone has been sucked into that. It's so much fun to, to dive into the like, yeah, but what if, what if it is? Can it be real? Yep. And the answer is always no. Like the the longer yeah. I the longer I am in this business, and the more you get to see behind the curtain, you, I mean, you know this. Like, no, yep. most of it's no, none of it is. <laughs> like it's it's all kind of fake. It's all money being shuffled. Yeah, man. Yes. Okay. Okay, dude. So tell people, um, man, thank you for doing this. By the way, it, again, people like we're a three hour difference. What what time is it over there? True, about to be ten thirty-five. Yeah, ten thirty-five. It's it's seven thirty-five here. Uh, dude, thank you for doing this. Um, I'm 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 hoping that we we get you back on the show again when you when when you drop another project. Um, people follow my dude. Like, if you're listening to this on Spotify, tune in Spreaker, uh, uh, any anywhere you can find podcast. Actually, the a really cool new feature now is if you own an Android phone, just say. Hey, hello. Hey, Google, and tell them to play Crappy Awesome, and it'll play the, it'll play the, it'll play this episode probably. Um, by oh, the time you, great. by the time you guys listen to this, so that's super dope. Um, but guys, go over to platformcollection.com right now. You'll see all his links. Um, and tell people right now, in case you're listening, how what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? How should how should they be trying to contact you? No doubt. All of my social medias are TR3World, TR3World. And if you want to find any of my music, it's on all platforms at T.R.3. That's it. Hey, what's uh, what's TR3 stand for? Uh, TR3 stands for me, myself, and I. It's, it's actually, my name is Trayvon, to be 100% honest, but mm-hmm. the three stands for the me, myself, and I, the trinity of the soul. Dope, man. Yo, uh, is there anything you want people to go check out right now? Oh, yes, most definitely. I got a my latest video right now is Kamikaze, uh, produced by uh, this guy in Switzerland named Timotheus and um, shot by, quite frankly, and endorsed by Ariano. Yes, yes, or the, the allegedly, because we're not sure he's a real person. Uh, <laughs> he could be a cyborg, just a, a beat making cyborg. Yo, in fact, what we'll do is, um, guys, if you again, if you're listening to this on any of the uh, other podcast hosts, go over to platformcollection.com, um, and this video, and that video will be on the front page, so you guys can check it out. Uh, man, support my dude. He's doing really good work, and he's making meaningful music, and that to me is like one of the most important things. It's it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. We expect big things from you, my dude. Um, I, I feel like you're going to have a big year coming up. And uh, I know the people that know you are excited about it as well, man. So thank you again for doing this. Much appreciated, bro. I appreciate the platform. Yes, sir. And we'll we'll talk soon. I will send you the links once everything comes out. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it, man. Have a great night. All right. You too, brother.
Yeah, that's the homie to our three, man. Straight from Chicago. Shout out to Ariana once again for making that happen. Make sure you check out TR3, man. He, he's really doing it out there. He's a young man with a lot on his mind, and uh, he's speaking it to the world. So that's really, really dope. Once again, if you guys are tuned into this from Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, wherever you can find podcasts, make sure you guys go over to platformcollection.com right now. Check out all the new music that's up there. Um, our series we got check this out in december a bunch of new shows start on platformcollection.com and that's kind of what we've been getting ready for over the last few months it's why you've been hearing less of crappy awesome because uh myself and uh producer hip-hop eddie are uh, knee deep in platform collection business right now so but as i said we'll prom- we promise we're going back to weekly after these next couple of episodes and uh I think I'm going to be doing some more conversations with artists on the East Coast. Let me know what you think about that. I definitely want to bring um, you guys uh, from the East Coast into what we're doing out here. So I think some of our favorite artists from the East Coast will start checking in with Crappy Awesome real soon. But yes, man, check out the next episode coming up. It's with Noah James. It may be out already. I would check. I might drop these together. And then... uh. Later next week, we'll have Curtis King, both Noah James and Curtis King. Man, if you're familiar with the show, um, you know, man, when Noah comes on, he, he drops gems. Same with Curtis. And they both did so in amazing ways. And it's, it was really cool to have them on the show um, separately. Um, and it's uh, I, let me just put it this way, man. Those are two episodes you definitely want to listen to if you're in the music business or maybe you're struggling in the music business or the entertainment field. Um, Curtis really gets into uh, the YouTube world and uh, gives you a lot of insight on how that really works, man. So make sure you guys tune into that. Yeah, man, I think that's it. Um, Like I said, man, we're just trying to get back on track with everything. Thank you for being patient with us, though, because you guys have not stopped downloading and that's amazing. Man, I cannot thank you enough, but I promise you, the stuff we got in the works, we're doing it for y'all. It's going to be amazing. You guys are going to see Platform Collection in a whole new light in the next few months, hopefully better than you've ever seen it. So yeah, man, stick around for that, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. You may now flush the toilet. PlatformCollection.com